Florida State holds more advantages against Clemson's roster than the other way around. But now, will the Seminoles take advantage of those opportunities? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked on Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. In today's episode, we are going to break down the mismatches. This is probably my favorite episode of the week. Get to do some film, get to do some stat work. And if you follow this show at all, you know how much I love stats. And finally, it's just players that I've known through the recruiting ranks as they move on into the college ranks and getting to see them go against each other. So that's a lot of fun for me. Today's show is going to be special for those of you that Follow it each and every day. And as always, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and it's free on YouTube as well. And we appreciate it every time you come back. Hit that like button and notification bell. The reason that it is, this is going to be the culmination of three games, but also a long process for Florida State. Florida State fans went through a lot until last year. There was a four or five year period that wasn't what it should have been. And now you got to find out if they've truly turned the corner. Playing at Death Valley is not easy. Playing at Death Valley is also fun if you allow it to be. And that's what this show is going to be about. So with that being said, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com, Locked On College to enter promo code Locked On College. Get a free water bottle with any purchase. You don't want to make take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you this show is going to be fun, but it, it's just honest too. Uh, there are things that I like better about Clemson in the matchups. There are things that I like better about Florida State. I think the Knowles, after breaking it down, have a little bit of an edge um, in a couple of areas that should give them the opportunity to win if you just take out the home field advantage and all those things. But that's why you play the games. So first off, though, there's one thing that there's no question Clemson holds the edge on, and the numbers are just ridiculous. So I want to knock that out. I went through – one of my favorite stats, and that's big plays, 10-plus yards, 20-plus yards, 30-plus yards, and so on. Florida State is atrocious, atrocious defensively at giving up the big play. They were in triple digits, which there's 133 teams right now, in case you were wondering, in the FBS. They are atrocious at stopping big plays. And a lot of it has to do with the game they just played against Boston College. Hey, it happened. It's on film. It's fact. One of the stats that this is just mind boggling. When I say Florida State and their defense, how many teams are below them in giving up 30 yard or more play yards in a play? How many teams rank below the Knowles defense? There are only seven because they are ranked 126th in the country. Let that sink in. That is horrific. Florida State better figure that out real quick. I don't care if you're playing the sisters or the poor, you will allow them to stick around in a game when you give up dumb, dumb plays because almost all of them are mental. It's not a physical problem for Florida State. I'm sorry, it's not. It's just mental errors. And I know fans generally like to just throw everything at the coach. It's not a coach thing. Not with this because it's 
going over some stuff and talking to some people. I'm going to leave it at this, but Florida State had too many guys just a little bit out of position here or there to let Thomas Castellanos out of the pocket or to let Jaden Daniels out of the pocket, whatever. They've struggled some with mobile quarterbacks, and most teams do because they're mobile quarterbacks. You still got to do it. It's like one of those tasks on your list in a day. You hate doing it, but you have to to get through your day. Got to do it. Florida State has failed in that regard so far. On the flip side, and Clemson, got to give them credit, a couple of their stats, 10-plus yard plays, they're seventh in the nation, giving those up. A lot of those power runs that you don't tackle well or you don't have a good run gap fit, those are the kind of guys, the kind of plays that it happens. But the one that's really impressive to me because they haven't been a dominant defense, and they had, a, and I'll go into the Duke game in a second, which they obviously lost, but they're 13th in the nation in the same category where Florida State's 126, and that's 30-plus yard plays. They don't get beat deep. Now, they haven't played dominant offenses, so I think that's challengeable, and that, that number could be skewed. I'll start with that. But if you're going to beat Clemson, not only do you need to hit a few of those plays, you can't miss any. And I'm guessing, like, Clemson won 48-14 to 14 over Fort Atlantic last week. And Fort Atlantic can score. They still have the same talent, especially in the trenches that the Clemson Tigers do. So they got they got smoked. Well, they still didn't hit big plays, obviously, the way they needed to. Florida State needs to figure that out. So a couple of stats that also impact this and why I think Clemson has a little bit of an edge. They're motivated. They gave up – not only did they lose in a very bizarre game to Duke a few weeks ago, they lost 28-7 to in that contest in Durham – but they gave up 199 yards on the on the ground. Now, they've played two opponents since then that aren't that great, but well, actually aren't very good. But are they susceptible? Yes. But they haven't had a chance against a quality opponent. Obviously, Florida State's their next chance to kind of make room, not just for improvement, for redemption. Will they be motivated and will they be mentally prepared for all those run gap fits? They've done pretty good. Duke just ran a bunch of runs for five to 10 yards. They didn't kill them with huge plays. And then, of course, they hit a couple of fumble recoveries. That, that's bizarre, but they did. And they won the game. Riley Leonard gave them problems, too. Like, they have problems with mobile quarterbacks. But Clemson found a way to screw that up. And Florida State almost screwed up the BC game. So they're in similar fashion there. I just think Florida State has more depth. And a couple of things that – that are bizarre to me. I, I don't know how this happens at Clemson. I was looking at Clemson's defensive stats, like, okay, who's the guy that stood out so far? Cause they got plenty of defensive players. They've recruited in the last five years. There's no excuse for them not to have a junior or senior leading in sacks, tackles for loss, whatever. They've got a freshman leading in tackles for loss. Now he was a really good recruit, TJ Parker. He's at a central high school in Phoenix city, Alabama, every school in the country offered him, etc. But when a freshman's leading you in that, not only is he good, that means some other guys probably aren't playing to their best, in my opinion. So I'm going to be curious to see what they do to get that going, if that changes. They've got some other guys that are doing well, but they don't have that one guy up front that just scares you. Usually Clemson has a guy that just dominates. They've got some really good ones, but nobody that's dominant so far this year. Some of their guys might be banged up. I don't know, but the, the stats don't back it up, and I didn't see it on film the way I thought I would from their down four. So that's something that Florida State might be able to take advantage of and 
if you're not giving up negative negative plays, obviously it's going to help you. I mean, it has to, right? I mean, how would it not? So Florida State, if they can consistently ground and pound and not give up the big plays when they're on defense, they should be able to kind of wear Clemson. But at the on the other side, it's just bizarre. They gave up a ridiculous amount of yards to BC on like 12 plays in the last game and then won almost all the other reps. That's how, that's how you lose. Clemson's going to win more of the 50-50 battles than what BC did. So you certainly can't give up the mental errors, whether it's a quarterback getting outside the pocket or losing the receiver, whatever. That'll get you beat. That'll get you beat pretty bad at Clemson. So they have to figure that out rather quickly, and they need to do it in a fashion that, that's kind of demonstrative. They need to set the tone and get the get the mentality back on them. With the media, they lost the spot in the polls, and I've talked about this. You need to establish who you are and that you're going to be one of the top four teams in the country. This game gives you a chance. You win at Clemson, even though it's not, not a traditional Clemson team, it's going to set a mark, make it a lot easier to get into the college football playoffs, even if you have a slip-up later in the year or if you have a couple of bad games where you barely win, winning at Clemson cures many ills. Bird Dogs. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. They make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the waist and giving you a true sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as women, but fit way better. I also got my Bird Dogs hat on today. It's my favorite hat to wear. They look and fit better than regular shorts that are made from stiff, restricting cotton. I like things that are loose, that are easygoing and flexible. The material with all this stuff is just very chill. Uh, I'll give them credit. They came up with something that's really easy and comfortable to wear. So credit to Bird Dogs for that. Go to birddogs.com, locked on, to enter, enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle and your order. That's Bird Dogs. Locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's going to be a better... Ah, let me turn off this. Oh, hold on one second. I'm not sure if there's going to be a better opportunity for Clemson than this game to kind of turn things around and vice versa. There's an opportunity for both teams to get redemption. Duke game for Clemson, BC game for Florida State. Now, Clemson lost there, so it's even more important to them that they win. But at the same time, if you don't come out here and get this victory, it's not the end of the season either for both these teams. Let me just state that. But segment two, this is my favorite thing to talk about, individual matchups. Nate Wiggins, if you don't know who he is, he's a really good corner, going to get drafted after this year if he turns pro and all that, which is he's expected. 6'2", 185 pounds. He's out of Westlake High School, 
Atlanta, Georgia, was a big time recruit, had offers from all over the place. Has earned his way up. He's had a pick six already. He's a kid that can turn a game. So why would I have him in the mismatches? Well, it goes both ways. If you play to his style, he's a mismatch against you. If you play against his style, you can take advantage of him, at least in a couple instances. You shouldn't focus on beating Nate Wiggins. I am being very clear for the idiot brigade on the Clemson side that want to come to my YouTube page and comment. Clear here. Specific instances. You have to go through the entire segment to get this for the Clemson fans, because I'm sure there'll be somebody. Number one, he is a guy that can break on the ball. Natural hips. He's very fluid and he's very long. He's what you're looking for in pure coverage scenarios, playing off coverage. Where Florida State can beat him, and I've got several notes here, you got to think about the size of the Knowles receivers. You know the two I'm going to mention. Big Johnny, 6'7", 235 pounds, give or take. And then Keon Coleman is 215-ish. Those are not friendly for even a 6'2", 185-pound guy. It's not that he's not physical, but he's not going to be as strong as those two. He's going to be on one or the other pretty much every play, and that's just physically taxing to begin with. Just is. But here's the bigger thing. And again, this is just my way of looking at it. Not only do you need to win some one-on-ones, 50-50 balls, because they're more physical than he is. That's easy. I'm not even going to go into it. That's duh. Positioning, technique, etc. That's fine. More importantly, and there are two of these, and they go hand in hand. He doesn't even have to be targeted, and you can beat him. Well, how's that? Screen game and run game. Florida State likes to pull their guards and get outside. There is not a defensive back in America that, quote-unquote, enjoys taking on O-linemen, nor should they. He should flat out be targeted. Not in a dirty way, but physically beat the crap out of him. If you can slow him down and take him away from his game a little bit, he's their best corner. It's not that you're going to completely go away from him, but you might you might stay away from him for the most part. But if you wear him down and there's a situation late in the game where it's a three-point game and you're trying to get a first down to ice the game, he might be the matchup you have to go to for just the way the situation rolls out. The more he's beat up, the more he's taken attrition during the game, the more likely he's not going to win in the fourth quarter. Run game, you have to get after him with your linemen, your tight ends, and, again, Johnny – Keon, et cetera, physically beat on him, play after play. It's almost like an offensive line going against the front. So you have to beat on that kid because he's just a good athlete. You're not going to win a ton of reps against him, like just throwing it with normal receivers. He's really good. Got to be picky. But again, the reason I bring this up, if you beat up on him a little bit and you can get a few more plays, you're going to win more reps on the other side. But if the defensive coordinator and their staff in general don't have confidence in what Nate's doing and the field is wide open, that makes it a lot easier for Jordan Travis in the run game, Jordan Travis in RPO, and Jordan Travis in just scanning the field. If Nate gets off hot, gets a pick or gets a PBU, blows up a player, and they're not being physical with him early in the game, and it sets a precedent, it gets the crowd going, it gets Clemson's defense in a frenzy, and that is not good. You have to be able to win battles with him, even when he's not around the ball. Physically beat on him every single play, period. That is how you beat up and win games, not only in the trenches, but on the perimeter. The other thing I'm going to say about this, 
the screen game is going to be interesting. I'm not sure if I, I mean, he's not, he's not a guy that's not a willing tackler, but he's not a strong safety either. He's a corner. I'll be curious to see how well he defends in the screen game and how he's attacked or if they go the other way. I really don't know. Florida State might think it's better to go the other direction. They have several corners that they rotate, and they're all talented. They just haven't gotten over the hump yet. Maybe this is the game one of the other ones will. Clemson has recruited at a very high level at corner for like three years in a row. They're not lacking talent. Let me be very clear on that. They just have to find a way to take advantage of one of those guys two, three plays in the game. You always hear me talk about chunk yardage plays. You get one against Wiggins, you're doing okay. Two, maybe three against the others, you should win the game. When I say chunk, I'm talking the ball goes 20 yards or more in the air, preferably, doesn't have to, but preferably, before the ball even touches the hands of somebody like Wilson or Jim Bell, whatever it is. That's how you win games on the road against a team that quite honestly doesn't give up a lot of big plays in the run game. You have to hit offensive big chunk yards plays in the passing game. Florida State has a chance to do it. I think they got to be selective with Wiggins. And the film back, backs that up. The stats back that up. And, I mean, I've, I've seen him play for a long time. He's very talented. Starts there. you got to find a way to beat him up a little bit. And then you go back to the other side. Somewhere along the lines, Keon or Johnny has to take advantage of one of the inexperienced corners. And I'm not talking about getting the 15-yard out. I'm talking about six, a 60-yarder. Something like that. You're not going to consistently get 50-plus yard drives, even with Florida State's offense, in my opinion, against Clemson all night long. There's going to be some stretches where Clemson figures it out. They got good coaches, too. Can you win enough of those battles and then circumvent anything else that you need with those big plays? I, I think both teams, it's pretty much the same there. So segment two, before I wrap up and we get into segment three, if you are a O-line, D-line guy, segment three is going to be for you. It's right up your alley, as a matter of fact, because trench warfare is, is the title of uh, segment three for a, for a reason. College football kickoff live will cover playoff implications, conference rivalry games, go in depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from Locked On hosts from around the network. It's going to be a live show on YouTube on all the different Locked On channels, including Locked On Seminoles, every single Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Big game matchups of all kinds. So basically what this is, we're talking about injuries, matchups, what game matters the most, ACC, SEC, etc. You can see that show live. It will also be downloaded to that YouTube channel across the network here at Locked On Seminoles, etc. So if you want to get a perspective not only on the big game for the Knowles or somebody else, it's a way to do that. Also, before we go into segment three, Jace Medical is today's sponsor going into segment three. Every, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone should feel empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why the Jace Medical offers you the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medical medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more $360 by getting these life-saving 
antibiotics with Jace Medical and an additional $20 off using code locked on at checked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Promo code locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. If you want to discuss anything that is, for me at least, super fun about football, it starts with trenches because everything plays off of it. And that's why I saved this one for last. It's my favorite thing to kind of compare from a big box perspective, O-line, D-line. So let's get the ugly thing out of the way right now before anybody asks in the messages on YouTube or anything else. I have no idea what Florida State's status is with injuries up front, and I would not care if Norvell walked up to me and told me what he thought because chances are, just like any other coach, he's not going to give a 100% answer. They don't want anybody to know. And he may not know anyway. They had a couple guys banged up in the last game, didn't play, et cetera. I look at it from let's just see who shows up and is on the field. They've got a lot of experienced players anyway. They should play better than they did last week, especially in that fourth quarter where they didn't even score. That was horrendous. If they can do that, they should be good. Now, what are we talking about with the, with the uh, where, uh, excuse me, trench wherefore? Where for, well, I can't speak today. Trench battles. Let's just go with that. Number one, Florida State should be one of the best running teams in the country. They got a mobile quarterback. They've got one, two, three really good running backs that are proven now. They can all catch. So you got quick game, you got RPO, you got a running quarterback. They should be able to do all the little things based on the run game. They can run inside, outside, and the screen game just plays off of it. Clemson's very similar. Their offenses pretty much mirror one another. But the difference here is the experience factor. And what, what does that have to do with it? Well, one, you always want that with the O-line, but it also matters that Jordan Travis is an experienced player to the point he's a grad student. Klubnik is a freshman going into his sophomore year, just learning to be the guy. He is a talented player, but is he going to be able to set the protections and help the trenches? The warfare down front is not easy. But when they're not going the right direction, it's really hard. Florida State has a great ability to kind of impose its will. Ask LSU. They did it in the fourth quarter of that game. They just ran over them. Flat out ran over LSU. To get to that point, they need to be consistent early in the game, though. And obviously, they're going to be more mentally motivated. Here are a couple of things to talk about, though. Staying ahead of the chains helps you in these areas. And both these teams have kind of done a good job with it. They're both plus one in turnover margin through three games. Running the ball helps that. Third downs, Florida State is 42.9%. Clemson's 48.7%. Sacks, Florida State has won their battles for the most part. But again, they've let the 
they let the horse out of the barn too many times getting around the edge with the quarterbacks, but they do have eight sacks. The biggest stat here that's surprising with the trench warfare is Clemson has four sacks. Four. They got four different guys with one. That is shocking to me. I don't know what the deal is. And out of all the stats I've seen this year, and I go through stats every day, there is no doubt about it. Just because I'm so used to seeing Clemson as one of the top teams in college football, getting tackles for loss and sacks. They have four. But tackles for loss, Florida State has 19. Clemson's got 24. That's pretty good. Clemson's done better than Florida State. Florida State has not capitalized. Their O-line at Clemson's pretty experienced. It's one of their better O-lines in a few years. I think, think, I would say this is the best Clemson line since 19, probably. Just because they're not giving up the big plays against them. Now, some of their fans may not believe that based on scoring seven points against Duke, but those were a lot of fluky play. That is to Dabo's credit for those of you who heard his press conference. That's the weirdest game I've ever been a part of. Blah, blah. It was weird to watch too. Um, they did move down the field and they turn it over. It just inside the five, even the other stat that's pretty interesting with this looking at the players that Dabo talked about going into the season. He really likes his seniors that stick with the program. Maybe they didn't start. They've got a couple of guys that are pretty good players, but like, they just haven't shown up on the stat sheet this year. And I'm going through and I'm like, Tyler Davis is a senior. He's a good football player. He, he's from the Orlando area. Highly coveted kid. He's only got a half tackle for loss. Um, I don't know what the deal is with that, but it is what it is. They've got a senior that is originally from Africa, but played in Detroit, came down, played for Clemson, fifth-year senior, I cannot pronounce his last name. So Ruke's, I'm just going by his first name. He's he was talked about a lot before the season started. He's going to be the starter, blah, blah, blah. He's got four tackles. So some of their main guys haven't done it. And maybe they're just in a transformation because they got a lot of freshmen and sophomores that are good. Um, look at the list of kids on their tackles, on their tackle list right now. And Barrett Carter is their best front seven guy, in my opinion, by far. He's a linebacker, a junior out of the Atlanta area. Um, played at North Gwinnett High School. He was super, super stud. I thought he was a five-star player, and some people had him that way. But he's still a linebacker. He's not going to be in the dirt a lot. He might blitz some. They're not getting the max out of these guys. Based on the numbers and what little I've seen, TJ Parker might be the guy to kind of watch. He's their edge rusher. Florida State's experience, if you can't win that battle against a guy that's a true freshman from Phoenix City, Alabama, playing at Central, then you shouldn't win the game. In the fourth quarter, misdirection, power run game, and then even in obvious passing downs, third and seven for Jordan, the offensive line for the Knolls should be able to beat this defensive front I'm looking at. Even though they got some talent, they're, they're just not producing. They're not. The numbers do not lie. A freshman is leading Clemson in tackles for loss, four and a half. Now, he's good, but we'll see. The guy that is the curious point for me, and he, he's a good player, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., I'm sure you know who his dad is, played in the NFL for a long time. That's the other guy I'm kind of curious about, how they use him in blitz packages, et cetera. He could certainly be a nuisance to Florida State if they allow him to be. He's athletic enough, even at his size, 230-ish, to track down Jordan Travis, and that's quite an accomplishment within itself. 
Big time player, though. I think Florida State does have the edge, but I don't think it's like demonstratively in the trenches. It's just because Clemson has enough athletes and so many guys they can be. You don't know which one it's going to be on a given play for the most part. Got to watch, watch out for Barrett Carter, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, Parker, the freshman. Those are those are the three. And I still think Tyler Davis could be that guy, possibly senior, but he hadn't done much this year. He's had some injury problems over his career. Maybe he's banged up again. Florida State has a chance to make hay. The number I'm going to put on it, and you can take this any way you want as I wrap up this podcast, is 150. If the Knowles go over 150 in rushing, especially if they get there by like the six-minute mark, give or take, of the fourth quarter, and then they kind of go into four-minute offense the next time they get the ball, they should win. The only way they don't is they shoot themselves in the foot, again, with the mental errors, letting a guy free for an 80-yard touchdown or something. This garbage with the 30-plus-yard plays, that being 126th in the nation, when we talk about this next week, that number better be much better. That's one. And then two, just turnovers. That never changes. That's why I never really talk about it as a category. If you turn the football over, you lose against quality competition, especially in Death Valley. It's not rocket science. So here today, the big plays, finding a way to, to win some of those corner receiver battles, Keon Coleman, et cetera, against Nate Wiggins. Then the trench warfare. Florida State's D-line needs to get after Clemson a little bit. It, it's a pretty good group. Florida State needs to have some battles they win there, but they should. So we'll see. Everybody have a great day. Thank you very much. Take care. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.